0: guys, welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real, the IGM Movies podcast. Uh, This is Morrow. I'm filling in for stacks this week. Lucky bastard is in Rio
1: de Janeiro. And we're here in sunny, not so sunny LA. No,
0: rainy LA. That is uh, Chris Carl here with me. Uh, It's just the two of us. Yeah, like I said, Jim is covering the Rio Junket for us, so he'll be back next week. So, uh... We're going to try and get through this podcast, uh, just the two of us, I guess. We're
1: going to pour out a little. We're both drinking 40s, and we're both <laughs> going to pour out a little of our 40 for Jim. <laughs> Except that we aren't.
0: <laughs> aren't pouring or aren't drinking.
1: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, let's
0: get right into it. Um, uh, we can kind of blow through, the, I think, the weekend box office, because it was kind of lacklustre.
1: Yeah, it didn't really have too many interesting elements. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, Limitless came in at number one a, Paul at a paltry 19
1: million. Um,
0: relatively, uh, excuse me, Rel- Relativity Media, uh, the studio behind it, is celebrating that though because it's kind of their first number one weekend with one of their movies.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, when I saw those numbers come in, I was like, "Wow, Relativity!" You know, like we, we <laughs> I, I think we've talked a couple times on this podcast about, you know, their struggles and and you know, happy to see see them get something. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's been low, but I you know, and I and I feel like it is going to be low for a couple more weeks and, and then we're going to start hitting the big stuff. And I, I don't think box office is going to be down over this summer. I think it's going to be crazy insane out of yeah, control. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And as uh Universal is trying to uh uh get the message out with its new Fast 5 poster, summer starts in April.
1: It's true. I mean, that's 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 an app tagline because this summer is so full that, you know, we're getting a lot of stuff in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and Fast Five is one of the things I'm personally excited about. Yeah, what, definitely. I was actually going to ask you this. Um, I had a little ulterior motive going into the podcast. I'm <laughs> curious to hear what your like top three movies that you're looking forward to this summer are.
0: Uh, me personally, yeah, oh cool, um, because I would love to hear also what 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 you guys out there listening, what your top three are as well, uh, but for me, let's see, um captain America,
1: yes, uh
0: green lantern, curiosity oh, factor, right.
1: yeah, I was gonna say it's curiosity more than um excitement for me on that one exactly, as well.
0: and third, third one
1: um. I always oh X-Men the first class. Yeah. I'm I'm really, you know, I as much as I'm really interested in the superhero movies and I have to put cap in my three um I I think Captain America I'm really stoked on. And but but beyond that, I think Super 8 for me mm. is going to be huge and also Cowboys and Aliens. I'm yeah. really excited about both of those. That's weird.
0: I don't know why I'm not as pumped up, um, and for example, Stax is well. He's been covering it for a while for us too, and he's seen like a lot of forty minutes, yeah, of unfinished movie we haven't been privy to. So he has a he's a lot more invested. I know he's really excited about it. Our features editor Phil Perello' is really excited about it. You just put yeah. in one of your three. I I don't know. I'm not clicking with it yet. You know.
1: I think you know. I I, I think that's one of those movies that you'll go see. You know, because you know, we we'll, we try to see all of it, right? Yeah, like all the yeah. big movies, and I I feel like, and I, I, this is just conjecture, obviously, because I haven't seen it. I feel like it's a movie that a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised by, mm-hmm. rather than you know like what is this piece of
0: crap (laughs) right right
1: but you know a lot of the superhero movies i'm really curious about i have to say like a little guarded you know like um thor like what's going to happen with that and green lantern i'm probably one of the more excited people for that um but i'm also you know i'm kind of reserved about it a little bit too yeah totally um, when they announce the Flash movie for uh, two years <laughs> from now, and then you'll—that's that'll be the only movie I'll be talking about for those two years. I, I know, just want you to know. I know. It's uh, be awesome. As a
0: matter of fact, I actually have a. It's funny you bring up Flash because I have a tape recording here of you from our lunch uh, earlier today. I can't
1: believe how much you surveil me. It's I know, ridiculous. dude. It's, well,
0: with iPhones having mics on them and stuff, it's crazy. Here, let me uh, let me plug this in real quick. Hey, this is Chris Carr. I'm hoping Green Lantern does really well at the box office. Maybe, just maybe, I'll finally get my Flash movie.
1: So, yeah, I it mean, runs counter to how I actually feel, but well, I did no, say it's, it.
0: It's how you, you know, you say that to me personally when it's just the two of us, but then outside you try to hate, man. You try to hate the Flash. That's true.
1: Oh, well. The Flash. <laughs> I have to say, um, we were at C two E two this last weekend and, and drinking in the sights there yes. um, in in Chicago. Um, and I saw a, a couple of the worst Flash cosplays I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> these things look like they were they were bought out of a you know like they are like those those costumes you get when you're eight. Yeah, they don't quite fit. And they have the like little foam parts that go over your shoes. But I saw adults <laughs> wearing them. Step well, up your game. Well, Flash I also, impersonators. I also saw
0: a, f- a version of the Flash there too, who was, um, you know, looked like he uh, hadn't been fighting crime for about fifteen years. <laughs> Tubby was, Flash was a contestant on the Biggest Loser. <laughs> and was just trying to get back into superhero shape. It's you know? cool,
1: dude. I mean, you know, here's the thing: the world needs all sizes and shapes of heroes. <laughs> and and you know, who's to say that Flash has like. A superpower, right? So who's to say that he's even really using cardio, you know? (laughs) Well,
0: actually, here's the the one thing about uh, the Flash I will tell you, uh, Chris. His metabolism burns so quickly that he could never be fat, actually. He eats a lot because... He burns so much when he runs and stuff, and he just he always stays there.
1: This is my uh, my complete ignorance and hatred for the Flash shining through.
0: <laughs> well, quick, I'm going to quickly burn through uh, the rest of the box office. Um, uh, Rango hung Rango. in again at number two at fifteen point three. Battle L.A. number three, fourteen point six. Lincoln Lawyer, uh, which uh, just opened on fri- Friday, came in at number four, thirteen point four. And Paul also. Uh, I think didn't it just open last yeah, Friday? Yeah, opened. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah, at uh, at number five at thirteen point two million. I gotta say though, that's
1: not a surprise for me. You know, I don't think it was. You know, I, I never thought it was gonna be like a number one movie. Yeah. but it's a little surprising. I thought it would come in above something like Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, although it didn't finish too far behind it, you know, It's point no, like two yeah. million, but still, um, Paul. Paul, you know Paul, and all those all those movies of that ilk. I feel like our are, our are DVD movies.
0: Well, and it's funny because it just um, you know Universal took a took a gamble several years ago. I guess it would have been because if you if you track the production life of a film, right? So they took a gamble with Edgar Wright and Scott Pilgrim, and they took a gamble with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and, and Paul, and and uh, you know both times it didn't really perform. The way they had hoped, and not—I mean, look—we love those guys. They make films that directly kind of connect with our um, aesthetics. But I—they're, you know—they're—they're they're us uh, successful. They're the geek successful, the geek director, the geek actor, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. If we're the mainstream, not successful. Well, you know what I mean. But in, in the Hollywood levels, we're successful in other ways. But um, you know, I don't think they're going to connect with the mainstream. HaFuzz isn't going to connect with the mainstream. You know. Yeah,
1: and and you know, I. They were pushing hard to make that make you aware of the fact that it was Superbad's director, and right. you know they were trying to align everything. Bill Hader's in it. Jason Bateman's in it. Yeah, you know? but I, I don't feel like the marketing really portrayed, you know, like what they needed to get out of it, and mm-hmm. and it's tough. It's tough, you know. Like it's just a. I, I feel like it's a hard concept to sell, and uh, yeah, yeah. It didn't. I mean, it didn't pan out. I, I think it actually will do really well on video. Yeah, um, it feels like um, like kickass to me.
0: Well, you know what's going to happen is it's going to come out on like this, you know,
1: five disc special collector's poll <laughs> Blu-ray
0: set with all sorts of behind the scene footage and yeah, cut, you know, so.
1: which is what it has been happening a lot to geek movies. Um, we did uh, you know our top twenty five Blu-rays. Um, I uh, unveiled that again for this year um, last week, and and you know, Scott Pilgrim was high on that list. Yeah, and the reason is that there's a lot of care. Spent by people like us who mm-hmm. love these movies who want that like full experience at home and they're the people that are making these movies and making these blu-rays and and you know I think that's I think that's pretty awesome that even though a movie maybe doesn't get a fair shake at the box office like it's coming home like hard
0: yeah yeah <laughs> definitely um well let's get a uh, let's get right into the news here of the week but let's start real quick you had mentioned um that we were out out at c two e two this past uh, weekend and we have a bunch of stories up, um, so you'll definitely want to check those out. we got some great Walking Dead news, some Marvel TV news, et cetera. Um, but you got to moderate a panel with Chris Hemsworth yes. where he talked a little bit about Thor. So, uh, you know, anything fun, kind of exciting come out of that?
1: I mean, it was it was I- I- an interesting discussion because he couldn't say a ton. You know, it was like he – he, he we, we talked pretty generally about the movie um, and uh, and, you know – it, I think what came across the most is his excitement mm-hmm. for the project, and and sort of like his, um, you know, enthusiasm for this world and for participating in more films beyond just Thor. You know, mm. it, he, he. I asked him the question. I was like, "Hey, you know, do you have any trepidation as an actor signing up for?" so much stuff at once, you know, you're taking Thor on, but you're taking on Avengers, potentially Thor too, you know, Avengers sequels, all this stuff. You're going to be locked into this role for a while. And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think what we sometimes decide of is that that's like the, one of the best gigs you could get as an actor. Yeah, totally. Is I mean, you may quote unquote be locked in, but guess what? You're locked in. It's, It's as much stability as you can get in Hollywood. And, um, You know, it was. was, He was a really cool guy. He was really engaging, like really, really good with the crowd. He pronounced the the name of the hammer for everybody, which which is is Mjolnir.
0: Mjolnir. Okay, I never Um, knew how to pronounce that.
1: And, uh, and so if you, if you've come across that MJO word, um, you know how to pronounce it from now on. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there were a lot, there was a lot of fandom in the room. A lot of people asking him about the Skrulls and their involvement and stuff like that. He didn't really have, you know, any take on that. Um, so you you can take away what you will from that. I don't think there's going to be too many of the cosmic races represented in the thing. But, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, the science fiction element and, you know, it's it's kind of exactly how it's portrayed in the trailer, you know, like what we perceive as magic, they perceive as, you know, science right, in right. their realm. Um, and so he's an alien, but, you know, to us, he appears as a god. And, I, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit, and I think we've kind of gone back and forth on whether that's a good thing or not, but that, you know, hearing it from the horse's mouth, as it were, hearing <laughs> it from Beta Ray Bill, <laughs> right, right. there was no Beta Ray Bill, but, <laughs> um, you know, hearing it right from, from Thor himself, you know... I, it kind of quelled my fears a little bit, you know. Like, I, I don't know how else he would, you know, really mesh that into the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um. But uh. But it was a good. It was a good talk. And you know, he had, he he had this uh. He had this awesome quote from Anthony Hopkins, which I think might be out there already. Um. They both showed up in their in their full armor um one day i met on set in this huge set that's you know asgard really mm-hmm. um and a lot of the sets were practical and huge um which is another thing he said um and uh i guess anthony hopkins walked up to him and he's like well i guess we don't have to do any acting <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> just really because just because stand is, there i mean just because everything's there you know yeah, like yeah. that and and it's easy to act when you have like that much you know you don't even have to really use your imagination. Everything's been built there for you. So yeah. um No, it's cool. It, it it made me it made me feel um even better about Thor. Um I'm I, I think again I hold a little more optimism for Thor than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um so but uh but still, you know, definitely questions. I think we all have questions about how that movie is going to play out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was cool to to um, you know see him and talk to him and and kind of get reassured by him a little bit. And I right. think you know I, I think everybody there was pretty stoked.
0: Cool, cool. Well, uh, this week, let's start with kind of one of the most recent things, probably the biggest thing of the week, is that uh, the trailer for Captain America: First Avenger the first Avenger uh, hit online yesterday. It was kind of this weird rollout. It um, it premiered on Entertainment Tonight first. But, you know, uh, I hate it when they do that because, like, especially those shows like Entertainment Tonight, not only do they have their, like, little logo slug, but then they put it in this weird, like, frame entertainment tonight frame it's never a clear clean version of the trailer right you know uh but they did that and then after that they did these little like micro bursts where they like released like five seconds at a time on via twitter or different sites anyways finally the full like two and a half minute three minute trailer hit yesterday in hd we've got it on the site so if you haven't seen it check it out I would uh.
1: say, here, here's one thing. I'm a little sick of the fetishizing of trailers. You know, mm. like, it, as much as, like, we scramble for every, you know, little scrap that we can get and, and, and bring it to the readers, mm-hmm. um, it, it like, the this, this, like, sort of cult of trailers is really getting out of control to some degree. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, fair enough, everybody wants to see them and it's a big event when something comes online, especially something you've been so anticipating. But, like, Th- that kind of rollout to me is just like, oh my god! As yeah. a fan, I'm just like, this is—it's not—it goes beyond torture. It's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the actual trailer?
0: So, uh, it was cool, man. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, a lot of the money shots were this were also in the Super Bowl spot that we saw. Right. But now that thing was only 30 seconds compared to you know almost three minutes here. Um, I did notice. That they spent this trailer really focused on the kind of um, base level of the story, which is Steve Rogers was this kind of gangly little guy, but he really wanted to serve, he wanted to do his part you know and and they really play that up in the in the trailer you see a lot of him as the skinny guy you know coming coming to get drafted getting rejected you know getting beat up getting you know
1: thanks benjamin button
0: <laughs> um so i think they're really really trying to play up kind of his his roots like who who steve rogers was before he became captain america yeah
1: there is a definite lot more backstory in this in this trailer um which i think is Kind of necessary to bring in the the um, mainstream audience. You know, I, I think everybody identifies who Captain America is, mm-hmm. but I don't know that you know the majority of the population knows what his origin is. Right. Um. And you know, I, I think it's uh, to get people to buy into that story a little bit more. It was a good thing. Um. But and you mentioned money shots, but throwing the shield was definitely like oh, the, yeah. the coolest thing for it, me. And
0: that was not in this in the Super Bowl spot, so that was really cool. Not only I mean, not only does he throw it, but then you see him you see it come back to him and him catch it as well, kind of that boomerang effect, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's obviously the coolest thing about Captain America is the shield. Yeah. And you see him, you know, we kind of tease this um, uh, in in the, the previous, like, little spot, but you see him shooting a gun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, exactly. He's, he's rolling strapped. Exactly, um, I mean, it's
0: war, you know?
1: Um, so I, I like that, you know, and, and, and y- y- you hear the name Adolf Hitler in it? Mm. You know, they're not, they're obviously not shying away from, you know, some kind of Nazi tie, which we were worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the whole lineup of Hydra people in the room, you and that the, looks like a you know like a Nazi rally. You
0: see the Red Skull. Yep. Um, he's peeling off his kind of human face, you know, or mask. I guess he wears a mask to cover up the fact that he's the Red Skull. So you see that. Um, yeah, um, you see him uh, uh, kissing. Um, Oh, what's her name? The 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 female counterpart. Haley Atwell. Hey, uh, yeah, that's the actress. But uh, oh man, I just totally blanked on the character's name. It'll come back to me. Not Sharon Carter. Peggy Carter. Peggy mm-hmm. Carter. Um, so definitely okay. So there is definitely going to be that love interest angle there. So yeah, a lot of a lot of cool shit. Um, I gotta say, dude, the thing that really the most amazed me though, and I've said this before, and I don't know why, it, it keeps tripping me out because we see it all the time we've seen cg hulks we've seen a cg cloverfield monster but the way that they make chris evans look so gangly and small Mm -hmm. and look so believable to me like i'm like wow that is that is awesome special effects right there
1: yeah i think uh yeah i think it all looks great and i'm you know i i was definitely had reservations about um, Captain America before I saw imagery or whatever. There's so many ways it could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not like a hundred percent of people like it. You know, I was talking to somebody today who was like, eh, it looks horrible. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I, I feel great about it. Well, we're primed for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel great at that. It's, and, and I think it's going to be a successful adaptation. Yeah.
0: I did also get a, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm, in my opinion, uh, a, a an indie vibe, Indiana Jones vibe from mm, the trailer, and I think I think that that even more so than the superhero angle. To be honest with you, I think they need to be kind of going the Indiana adventure. Jones adventure angle. Yeah.
1: You know, I I agree with that, and and the the thing I know Marvel has kind of said that they're going to use these movies to introduce Avengers and then possibly not continue them. Um, the solo movie, the solo yeah. movies, like they're just going to introduce Thor, introduce Captain America, and then maybe not do other stories. That would bum me out. I think. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's going to ultimately because I haven't seen these films, but like the possibility of having it continue, you know, in in like present day would be pretty cool. Yeah. But I do understand, like, if it happens that way, like, why it has to happen that way? Because once you get him to the Avengers, he's then an Avenger.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's true. That's true, and uh,
1: and it's it's weird then to have like his life outside the Avengers, Sure. because you'd almost have to tell it as like a like a one off story or something.
0: Yeah, but you know the way that they've signed um, like Sam Jackson, uh, aka Nick Fury, and um, uh, oh God, I can the actress from How I Met Your Mother, who's playing the Shield agent uh, Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, they've signed him to like these. So nine- Tony the Smulders yeah thank you these nine picture deals and i think it's so that they can bounce around into cuz shield is such an such an active part of captain america's kind of solo title mm-hmm. uh story uh, just like for iron man you know as well so i think what you would it would be cool if we could see a Captain America two set modern day and he's going on these missions with sh- solo missions with Shield, you know maybe you do the Winter Soldier story that where Bucky you know comes to modern day you know and he's this badass uh, ex Soviet you know uh, assassin. I mean there's 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 things you could do. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I I'd like to see it happen. Not that that said, I've not seen film, <laughs> any of these films, so maybe I will not want to see that happen <laughs> once it hap- once it comes to fruition. Heroes. Right, right.
0: Um, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, well, check out the trailer, I should say. Uh, and and we're going to try and get to a rewind of it, hopefully, on, um, maybe Monday um, for you. So we'll call out some more stuff that we can kind of freeze frame and slow-mo through and whatnot. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, Trek is back in the news. Thank Star God. Trek 2, yeah. Uh, Chris Pine I, I posted, I think it was on his Facebook uh uh profile maybe or twitter or no i think it was facebook anyways he finally he says finally after millions of questions about Trek 2 i can finally say that i'm holding uh the script in my hands uh so he just basically made an announcement that there is a script he's like obviously i can't tell you anything um but i do have a love interest he said good so, deal so yeah so there's a lot of speculation as to who that it's could Spock. be
1: that would be slash fiction fans <laughs> go nuts exactly. Would <laughs> be awesome. AKA
0: Scott Kalura, go nuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they had a uh, a Kirk Spock and uh, Uhura uh, threesome, and then it was all awkward the next day. Oh, oh, I guess Hi, Captain. Okay, I guess we shouldn't have drunk all that Romulan ale. <laughs> uh, that's not. By the way, that's not going to be in the script. Don't quote no. me. No,
0: no, no, no. So uh to this I say a few things. Oh, he also said that there's still no uh, start of production though. Date, I should say. So he doesn't know when that's going to happen. But I guess, you know, takeaways from this. Uh well, it's good to see that they finally have a script at least because yes. there was just a lot of talk and talk and talk about nothing really. <laughs> uh two, uh I mean, we could all speculate, right? Who 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 uh who's the the love interest is it uh uh, one of the orion slave girls is it uh nurse chapel are they gonna bring her into it is it um um from star trek 2 wrath of khan uh marcus uh oh yeah yeah i can't remember her name. yeah um it's
1: gonna be her you know i mean there's there's so many hopefully she doesn't have the same hair <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean i think I don't know that it has to be a classic character. I think it could just be sure. you know someone he meets yeah. and and you know is maybe an ongoing character that doesn't exist. But my my thought is I I don't know that any love interest of his is going to make it through a movie. Yeah. Or you know <laughs> like I I, I kind of feel like that character is destined to die.
0: Yeah. Um. But who knows? I will say this though the kind of you know one of the little things that bugged me about his post and and this is. Kind of piggybacking off of what you said about Chris Hemsworth when you asked him about being concerned about signing on to so many movies. It's really cool and refreshing that he's like, No, of course not, this is like what we want as actors, you know and it, whereas it's like Chris Pine gets you know at times he gets so aggro about being asked about track, and to that I say, Get used to it, pal, <laughs> like yeah, you are Kirk forevermore now, yeah. like regardless,
1: and you know for better or for worse, this is this is one of the reasons that you're an actor, you know, yeah. like I mean people talk about craft this and that, but you know the way you know growing up in our culture what it means to do something like that, and if you had any illusions about it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it, yeah, yeah. um, you know that said, like I'm sure there's some frustrations that 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 you know well up inside you mm-hmm. and and I think if somebody was asking me all day every day about one thing that I did. It might get annoying but here's here 's the other thing here 's what I would say to that it's you're not done doing it it's not yeah, it's, exactly it's not like it's not like you know you 've done three movies and you're no longer being Kirk and people are still asking you questions it's right. like the way that things are set up these days people are always going to ask you questions there's more access to people than ever before so you're going to hear all this stuff yeah i mean there ne- maybe there needs to be a hollywood counselor for this kind of thing <laughs>
0: dr drew for
1: maybe a- i'll maybe i'll like <laughs> set up on the side and be a little hollywood consultant and just you know talk some truth there you go and you could create a reality <laughs> show around it that'd be awesome uh... the celebrity whisperer <laughs> Today on the Celebrity Whisper, <laughs> uh, Gary Busey, uh, uh,
0: more uh, Charlie Sheen. Ooh.
1: Oh man, I don't even want to hear his name anymore. Yeah. Like it's gotten to the point where we were at this um, event this morning um, for Think LA, and by the way, Peter Guber was there, mm. and he's kind of some kind of mad genius. I, yeah. I kind of love that guy. I had no opinion of him. I, don't know, I had an opinion of him from watching like his show on uh, Encore or whatever, but. Um, he was he was crazy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In a in a really good, but, yeah, positive, a really good, like, energetic way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and then now I lost my original original oh, part. Mar- uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah. So somebody was making Charlie Sheen jokes, and like you could tell that the whole room was like absolutely done with Charlie Sheen. Like,
0: well, it's so funny because the room, the whole thing was like I- interactive. It was people that are in the world of. Of Twitter and online and this and that, so that joke was over for us like you
1: know, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really funny. <laughs> I mean, she could have at least you know had the courtesy to make a Rebecca Black joke. <laughs> exactly, that but, would have been more
0: apropos. But yeah. Um. So, uh, Akira uh, is getting kind of kind of slammed this week. <sighs>
1: uh, well, why par- did, why are they making this movie? First off, like, it, it's cool and all, but like, why? Why are they making it this way?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, the, the, the anime was awesome, I thought. Uh, yeah. The manga is sweet. I mean,
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah, hey. Anyway. But, you,
0: yeah, that's re, a whole other podcast. Re,
1: Relay relate what the, the news is. Yeah, all. so
0: basically it's just this big scandal because they're looking at uh, several actors for the, to cast as the lead, and they're all uh, like... Pasty pasty white. You know, like I'm talking like the Robert Pattinsons of the world, right. you know, and, and and they're just getting flack for I mean, this is a very Japanese story, you know, and the the hero is Japanese, and yet they're casting him as an American white man.
1: Yeah, I mean, are they going to keep the name? Is it going to be Kaneda? And you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's stupid if 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 that happens. Like, and then why call the movie Akira? You know, like, right? Why not call it something else and just base it on that material? It's just like, I don't know. Do we have this little faith in this property that we have to like throw huge stars at it, or can we just say, hey, you guys have always been wanting? A uh, like live action Akira, we're gonna give it to you, mm-hmm. and we're gonna give it to you with Japanese actors that you may not know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of great Japanese actors who can speak English if you're worried about that, <laughs> right? You know, and and just do it that way, man. Just cast Rain. <laughs> well, wasn't, he's Chinese, but wasn't he Ninja Assassin? Or yeah, no? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's pretty badass. He's pretty badass. He's he's uh, you know he struggles. Yeah, with, no, no, uh, with, no, no, the with language, the language, yeah. a little bit, yeah. but um. But yeah, I mean, at least Asian actors. Yeah, I and I know, like you know, you don't want to lump Asian people all together, but if you're if you're you know going for a movie that's like set in Asia, yeah, you know, let's 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 get some people who are unless they're moving to it that. to
0: like in you know Omega New York or
1: something like that. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I I personally don't love that. I mean, the movie could still be great with a white cast, but I understand why people are up in arms about it. Exactly. And, and I, I think I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do agree. I'm not going to go half-ass with it. <laughs> I do agree.
0: Um, also in the news, uh, this week, uh, uh, so production on Clash of the Titans 2 has officially started. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> and we got a press release that, um, revealed, uh, not only the plot, uh, which we can talk about right now, uh, but also the fact that, um, Jemma Arterton's character is not returning in the film. Hmm. So um, Sam Worthington is. Um, and uh, I believe Rosamund Pike is cast as uh, an Andromeda in the film. Uh, but yeah, no no, Jemma Ar- Arterton as we had originally
1: suspected there would be. So This is completely off topic, but anytime anybody says Rosamund Pike, I always think of Emmy Rossum for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like those actresses are tied together in my head. And I'm starting to think like, do you think her success on Shameless is going to translate into some like big bigger movie roles? And do you think we could see her in, you know, stepping into some of these roles? I mean, I know she's done plenty of movies before, but like do you think like swinging back from TV she's going to get a lot of um movie stuff? On I the think backend? we'll
0: see her Naked or on movies <laughs> in movies. <laughs> That's probably That's true. What's going to happen?
1: Yeah. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I mean,
0: is the show that huge of a hit? Well, well I, mean, I mean, it just
1: got renewed. I mean, I think yeah. she's like kind of the standout person in the cast, you know. Yeah. Partially due to the fact that she's naked all the time, um, but yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. I just it just occurred to me because I I don't know. We've had this discussion before, where like you'll think of one actor and then you'll immediately yeah, yeah. have somebody else like pop into your head. Yeah, um, guys in the comments, if you have any of those, like if there's if there's a person that you think of and then immediately associate somebody else with, um, tell us who those are for you. <laughs>
0: um, so the story is set ten years after uh, the first Clash of the Titans. And um, it's basically uh, a battle between um, the gods from that film, you know, Zeus and, and uh, uh, Poseidon and Hades versus the Titans, which were the gods before them, um, uh, the leader of, of the Titans of which is Zeus's father.
1: So this is an actual Clash of the Titans rather than just, yeah, yeah. just hitting around
0: at it. Exactly. And uh, I guess they, you know, uh, they're released from their prison because the gods have been holding them kind of captive. Uh, they escape. They capture Zeus and are kind of siphoning his power, and, and the Titans are becoming more powerful. So basically Perseus is, is called back into action, and he teams up with some other kind of um, – because he's like half god. Yeah, and I think he's a a demigod. He's a demigod, exactly, and he teams up with Andromeda and another demigod and whatnot to help help the gods defeat the
1: Titans. Basically, sounds cool. Yeah, for me, you know, I, I think I talk about this as like one of my major gripes always in with movies is like I don't. My main concern with Clash of the Titans is none of the danger felt real to me, and none of the like story like. Resonated like I didn't feel like those people were in danger, and I also didn't really care about any of the characters. Mm. I thought as a spectacle, it was interesting. I thought some of the effects were good, and and it was fun to watch. Right from that perspective, but like this one sounds like it's going even more sort of yeah. action and more over the top. So like, are we gonna are we gonna just have that same kind of you know? It's almost like Transformers Two effect, where you're just kind of watching things wash over you, and nothing's yeah, really yeah, yeah. sinking in. Yeah, do you think it's gonna be like that? <sighs>
0: Well, uh, I, I will say this. The one thing, I think the one thing that this film has going for it is there's not a, a previous version to compare it to. True. Um, so it's going to be its own original story kind of set in this Greek mythological world. So, yeah, I mean, you know, amp up the action, amp up the
1: magic. Let's get some swords chopping off heads. Is that enough? See people turn into stone. Here's another interesting question, and I don't mean to get too philosophical on you, but once you've already set a tone with a movie like Clash of the Titans and, and, you know, it's kind of this big bombastic but empty thing, do you think there's ever a way in a second, um, you know, a sequel or a second movie in a series for you to actually get a little bit more gravity back into that?
0: can a second movie save... Franchise, or guess, just, you know,
1: or... like at least inject more story and feeling into it. I mean, I the only example I can think of of that is Harry Potter, where mm. I felt like, you know, the first two movies were kind of like, okay, spectacle based. When you get to the third one, you really start to feel something.
0: Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, what else? Is there any other
1: one that would be... I can't think of another example of one. Huh. But you know if you guys can feel free to leave a comment or send a send a, an email to uh keeping it real at ign.com
0: yeah cuz there's lots of like like you know aliens alien was a great film in its own right, right. aliens took it in a different direction it almost it shifted the genre on you right so um that's cool yeah. i mean
1: that doesn't happen very often either yeah. you know it's like you you have this like kind of pensive horror movie in space and then you change it to what is almost like a survival horror action video action, game. Action, yeah, you know, like, 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 like a sci-fi action movie, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a cool thing, and I, I, you don't see that very often. Yeah. But um, pretty amazing.
0: Hmm. So next up, uh, World War Z, you know, it's over at Paramount right now. That's the Max Brooks um, kind of zombie, uh, all-out zombie battle book, right? And Brad Pitt's uh, producing. Correct. And apparently the version of the film that they have on tap, the script and, and whatnot, it's, it's pegged at something like $125 million or something like that to make. Uh-huh. And so Paramount's like, yeah, um, unless we can find a partner to co-produce this with us, uh, it's not happening.
1: So is that still the script that J. Michael Straczynski wrote? I do not know. I don't remember. I do not know. I don't know. remember if that like it went to somebody else eventually. Um, you know, as big as Zombies are, you don't want your zombie movie to cost 125 million dollars. You want a zombie movie to cost I would say 60 million or less. Yeah, especially thousand. No, you said a Oh, Okay.
0: <laughs> especially when, you know, you have a cable network like MC, uh, AMC, <laughs> MTV. AMC producing 13 episodes, 13 weekly episodes of a, of, a, of a zombie show, you know. They're not spending any kind of anywhere near that
1: money, you know. Yeah. I my, you know, the, the if you haven't read World War Z, definitely like go out and buy it. I would recommend actually getting um um The Zombie Survival Guide, which is Max Brooks' first first book. Um, Max Brooks obviously the son of Mel Brooks, um but he went off in a different direction than his dad. <laughs> and then he did um World War Z as his follow-up and it's basically like an interesting story because it's vignettes that take place all over the world um of how the zombie apocalypse is is, is um, panning out or you know kind out. of yeah playing out <coughs> and it's all framed by you know a journalist um, so I guess that's the the through line in the movie mm. um, but I can see where it would cost that much but you're right Walking Dead on AMC is not costing 125 million dollars and, and, and they're
0: producing great episodes every exactly. week you know what I mean so like even the first season,
1: six episodes. Even if that cost 125 million dollars, you're getting three times the, yeah. you know, m- content the end result. Yeah. Um, and obviously, TV shows aren't as lucrative as mm. as movies, but uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I I hope it happens. I really want to see that thing on the screen. I don't. I mean, my appetite for zombie movies is pretty enormous.
0: Do you think that? Um do you think that this is a situation of they need to capitalize now while the zombie kind of hype is is hot, or do you think there's always going to be a, a kind of love I, of the zombie movie?
1: I don't know. There's, it's cyclical, but I feel like this this frame of zombie movies has been going on for a while. You know, like we haven't had one in the last like year that's memorable, except for like *Zombieland* and kind of *Walking Dead* is. Has filled the need of, of yeah. having you know a zombie presence. Romero, you
0: know, pops up every now. and then yeah, mean, does he these does really low, ultra low budget. Every two now. years, he does Survival something. Survival of the Dead, and you
1: yeah, know. and he's doing another one. Um, Daniel Harris is in it. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I, I think Disco it's, of the Dead. I think it's
0: The Dead of the Dead.
1: I think <laughs> The Dead of the Dead. It's zombie zombies. And uh, <laughs> zombies zombies Ted and If <laughs> you got the zombie zombies, Ted and Alice reference pat yourself on the back <laughs> um anyway um yeah, I hope it gets made, but
0: well, another uh kind of big well, this is an even bigger I guess property um in the in the in the um sci fi you know book world uh dune has kind of slipped through the fingers of paramount um they had the license to Bring that up to the big screen uh, for, again <laughs> uh, for a while, yeah. Again after after um, uh, uh, David Lynch. Thank you. I was gonna say David Fincher, and I'm like, I know it's not <laughs> it's not Fincher. Um, uh, David Lynch did it, and then obviously the Sci Fi Channel did uh, like a Dune miniseries. Uh, they did the the first two books, um, but then yeah, the Paramount got it. They were gonna make another big screen version of the first book, and it just they kept lapsing on lagging and lagging, lagging, and finally. Uh, the rights have lapsed, so...
1: I mean, I love Dune. The book is amazing. If you haven't read it, you should read it. Um, But it's been made, you know? It's been made now twice, and I think the David Lynch version is you could file it under interesting failure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it, but, like, I can understand why fans of Dune don't love it, you know, and and I would consider myself a fan of Dune, but, like, uh, the sci-fi one was good, you know? So... I, you almost don't need it, and yeah. and uh, and it's going to be a, like a huge another talk about a price tag. That's a price tag movie. There's a lot to build. There's a lot to you know put in effects wise. And how big is the following for that movie? I yeah. can see I can see a studio just letting that go.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, for a while Peter Berg was attached to it, um, and there was a lot of kind of buzz around around it then. And then he dropped out to go make Battleship. And then the director of uh, Taken, I think, was the next one who kind of got uh, attached to it.
1: I'm going to say the stupidest thing I've ever said on this podcast, and, and feel free to just savage me in the comments for it, but um, Roland Emmerich mm-hmm. directing for Dune. For Dune? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I kind of want to see that just to see what would happen, because <laughs> it's dealing with that epic scope, you know? It's yeah. dealing with that like you know thing that I feel like Roland Emmerich could do, but... I, I I mean, he, he. I don't think he could do the character thing, but <laughs> no. I'd be really interested to see what he would do with like the desert and the sandworms and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it could be interesting, but the spice. I'm not saying I. I'm not saying I necessarily want that to happen, but it's, that name popped in my head.
0: <laughs> you thought epic. You thought
1: Roland Ember. <laughs> you thought epic. You thought wrong. <laughs> what kind of studio exec would I make? I would. Uh, I would lose my job right away. Well, yeah. Look, <laughs> like vote of confidence from You, you know Mr. You, Morrow. You know
0: where you would excel though is um greenlighting uh sci-fi movies of the week.
1: That's yeah. where you would excel. I would I would yeah. excel at that because I've got my 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 script Dark Unicorn. <laughs> that I can't wait to get made. It's it's horn feeds on the blood of the innocent. I love it, dude. <laughs> I love that idea. And we you know we have this partnership and if you guys haven't uh checked this out, um just go to IGN Dot com slash sci-fi s y f y. We have this thing going with them, um, where you the the readers are able to vote on what the next science fiction movie that they'll make for their their like Saturday Night Sci-Fi movie is. So we set this up with them, and we we've already been through you know a few iterations of um, of of this thing. Um, so we have the theme and all the stuff you know ready for. Um, you know what this movie's going to be and now it's voting on like the the kind of minuscule but cool things like oh what is you know like vote on the weird inanimate object that some character gets killed by so you know that's a long story short but you guys should check out the site but um beyond that we we started off when we were kicking off the discussions we were pitching all these ideas to them like <laughs> here are all the ideas that we'd love to see um you know made into films and we had some great ones um Tamantula <laughs> was pretty amazing. We had an idea called Leech Beach. That, that was pretty amazing. Um, Lamprey Bay was another one. Oh my God. You know, a, lot of, a lot of those kind of things. Um, but Tamantula, I believe, was, um, was, was courtesy of Matt Father. He also had the Burmonster Try and <laughs> <laughs> the Vermonster try and kill, and I, if
0: I'm not mistaken, they were kind of like, you know, we, we, you know, we're trying to move away from the Hulk factor here. You know, we want to treat this seriously, and yet I just get a press, you know, press release blast. Roger Corman doing Robo Dinosaur Shark, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Robo Dino Shark or something like that. I'm like, I mean, wow.
1: The thing is, yes, I could, I could sit there and green light those movies all yeah, day. Long. I could. would love that job, actually. You could. That'd be amazing.
0: Uh, A movie you probably wouldn't greenlight, but looks like is happening is a fourth movie in the Chronicles of Narnia uh, franchise. Uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh God, I can't get enough of those cupcakes cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask, uh,
0: let me ask you guys out there because actually Chris, you, you and I have spoken about this and, 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 I mean, do you guys care about the Narnia franchise? Let us know. Write yeah. in, write in. Uh, keeping it real at ign. or leave us your comments below. But is it, you know, is it a franchise that's kind of come and gone? Did you
1: even care about it to begin with? No. <laughs> I know you don't, Chris.
0: But <laughs> here's um, the
1: thing: I saw it on the plane. I saw the last one, the Don Treader one, on the plane. Right. And I have to admit, like, I didn't watch it with the sound up or anything, and I caught it like in between sleeping. But I have to admit. The fight between, I think it was between a dragon and a sea serpent. It was, yeah, yeah. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> like, if that could be the whole movie. And the dragon was actually the little boy. That, got that was the stupid dragon. part. <laughs> Let's not make little idiots into dragons. Eustace,
0: their pesky nephew.
1: Oh, God.
0: Well, the, uh, the fourth film is going to be uh, the magician's nephew. They're actually skipping over. I think the next book is actually The Silver Chair. They're skipping over that, and they're doing the, ma- the magician's nephew, which is actually a prequel to *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. So this this movie actually takes place before all of them. So,
1: yeah, I don't care. Like, I, I understand there's a market for them, but whatever, I don't care. Also, like, okay, I know *Golden Compass* wasn't successful or whatever, but. Why couldn't those movies get made rather than Narnia? Why couldn't that series continue rather than Narnia? The Golden Compass books are awesome. Yeah, see, I never read those. Though. I read uh, the Narnia books, though. Yeah, so. you should read the Golden Compass books. Yeah. You should read them, and everybody listening should read them. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of homework assignments this Yeah, you this are, week. dude.
0: What's up with that? Um, so uh, just a couple more things before we... Uh, move on real quick, a franchise that I'm actually excited about. I don't think you really care about, Chris. But you
1: damn dirty apes!
0: Exactly. Rise of the Apes. They're rebooting uh, the, the franchise, and they're actually starting with um, a kind of a reimagining of what was the fourth film in the franchise. So previously it was known as Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Um, and it kind of s- tells the origin of how you know, apes became intelligent and kind of overthrew mankind and, and basically leads into what then becomes Planet of the Apes. Anyways, Fox is redoing the film. We've spoken about that. But they they're so they feel so good about it that they actually bumped the release date up from November, I think, twentieth. I mean it was around it was basically around Thanksgiving, up to August 5th. So it's gonna kind of uh, round out the summer for us, you know, and then in that August time frame, we'll have Apes. We'll have um, Conan the Barbarian. Also, is in that August time frame as Which well. Which means so. we're
1: going to hear a lot about this movie, you know, actually in the next couple of months. Like, well, I wouldn't
0: be surprised if there's. A, I mean, there's got to be a trailer in front of uh, X Men: First Class, but probably before that even. Yeah,
1: I, I would say before that, and you know, like we'll we'll hear about it at Comic Con. It'll be right before, mm-hmm. um, and that's interesting. That's a that's a nice. Leap. I mean they must be pretty far ahead if they can do something yeah, like that. Yeah. So that's kinda cool. It's a little refreshing to see a movie like get bumped up like that. Yeah. So uh, let's here's, here's oh, a question I have for you sure. in the August time frame, because mm-hmm. that's when it was laid out and I have heard nothing. Is Piranha I've not heard anything about three it. double D going to happen.
0: I I think that that was just a we've talked about this before. Let's make all these announcements and wish it into existence. I haven't heard anything about a story, okay. a cast, a director, nothing.
1: Yeah, silence. Yeah, silence on that front. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, because you know. You, I, I thought the first one was successful in what it set out to do, mm. and it was box office successful. And you know, it cost nothing and it made some. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. it's not like it blew anybody away, but um, yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's end on probably uh, news that came out at the beginning of the uh, uh, over the weekend, actually, but still big news nonetheless. And it's oh, the the latest Dark night back and forth.
1: Yawn, yawn. So while we were
0: in C2E2, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who had already been rumored to be taking a role in The Dark Knight Rises, was officially cast. So he officially signed his deal. Uh, That came out first. Then it was reported later on that um, the role he was going to be playing was that of Alberto Falcone, who... Is the son of the mob boss, uh, Carmen Falcone, who was played by Tom Harding in mm-hmm. uh, Batman Begins. And if I'm not mistaken, this is where we would need uh, Joey, our comics editor here. If I'm not mistaken, he goes on to become the holiday killer in that, yes. um, in the, the long Halloween mm-hmm. uh, miniseries. Uh, well, then after that, EW reports, oh, no, no, no. Inside sources say that's not the role he's necessarily playing, but we don't know what he's playing. So.
1: I don't care. (laughs) You know, I'm sick of every little nugget of Dark Knight news being fetishized to all get out. You know, like Mm. it's, uh, you know, I love those movies too. And, you know, we are responsible for some of it and the perpetuation, you know, perpetuating some of this nonsense. But it's just like, let's make the announcement and just be done with it and know who these people are and, like, make the movie already. Because it's like, I don't know. I, I just get weary of it after a while. And it doesn't happen with every movie, but I feel like the Batman movies are so, so drawn out like this. Mm. Um, and this one especially is like every little detail has been like poured over slavishly by everybody. Yeah, yeah. And they
0: haven't even, I mean, geez, they haven't even started shooting yet or anything. So I know. Yeah, so we're going to be hearing a lot more of this uh, in the months to come. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the latest on that Dark Knight front. I do think he's probably going to play... A smaller character. I don't think it's going to be a huge role. I mean, it's a pretty packed cast.
1: I, I think Nolan is smart enough to realize that he can't let this become Batman and Robin. You know, he right. can't let it become X-Men 3. So, you know, the, these announcements are coming out because everybody cares, but I don't think his main plan is going to be like get as many thousand people as, you know, like huge characters and try to make that work.
0: Right, right. So
1: I, I think I think it'll be okay. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be okay.
0: All right. Well, um...
1: Sucker Punch this weekend?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the weekend. Basically, uh, two movies of, of note for IGN. Really one movie, I guess. Maybe for the younger demographic, the other one. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2, Roderick, uh, Roderick Rules. And, uh, of course, Sucker Punch. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Like, you, <laughs> you've seen Zucker Punch. Tell us what yeah. you thought of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, our review is up. Both our video review and our uh, written v- review are up on the site right now. So check them out. Um,
1: what did you think of it?
0: I think the tagline, the strap line that uh, we put for the review, is, is accurate. It's a noble failure. Um, you know, visually, the the film looks amazing uh, when it goes into the fantasy worlds uh, of these of these girls. Um, you know, the steampunk, kind of World War One, the, uh, you know, uh, fantasy dragon world, the, you know, Asian giant samurai world, etc. Um, that stuff is visually awesome. That's the stuff we've seen in the trailer. But, man, aside from that, it's like wooden performances. There's no real – I never felt a sense of danger for mm-hmm. these girls, you
1: know? yeah which is a big problem I think of like c g driven like visual driven movies mm-hmm. um
0: and you know it was just i mean we love what Zach does with the uh, the whole kind of slow, fast action sequences, but I feel like that's been so overused at this point that.
1: Yeah, because it's not just him using it. You know, it's a style that's been adopted by a lot of people at this point. And, you know, you have to realize that it's an evolution and yeah. that – I don't think you can keep telling stories in exactly the same way, especially if you don't have like the story to back it up. Yeah. You know, three hundred worked I think because a lot of people hadn't seen anything that really looked that way before. You know, it was kind of unique, and the story was pretty flimsy, but I think it was held together by pretty decent performances. You know, mm-hmm. um, and especially Gerard Butler, kind of kind of holding that thing together. Um, and and I liked Watchmen a lot more than you did, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it was it was plagued by. Some of those similar problems, mm-hmm. um, and then something like Sucker Punch seems like it's a vapor. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you'll see it and it'll evaporate in your brain. Um, there's nothing to hold on to. There. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's no stakes. There's no, uh, yeah, no th- real threat. I mean, I don't know. And and a lot of the performances were wooden. Best performance though, I, God, I can't think of the actor's name now, but he plays the character of Blue um in the film uh he was really the and it's first kind of thing i've seen him in so
1: he mm. was he was the best uh performance but so how do you think it's gonna break down this weekend oh man uh, I, I, i'll tell you what i think sucker punch 25 million yeah which i think is like it's underperforming um, yeah and uh, and then i think rango's going to hold at second at 10 million i think diary of a wimpy kid at 8 million i think it's be another soft weekend at the box office
0: yeah i think you're right i think sucker punch will come in at number 1 i'm going to say 23 million i'm going to go a little lower um i think uh wimpy kid number 2 at uh 23 i'll say uh f- 12 million and uh What's number
1: three um, so Rango week, or battle l a or maybe or Lincoln limitless. Lawyer. limitless
0: yeah i'm gonna go with uh battle l a
1: at number three i mean I think if anything you know I, I I actually think that uh that um limitless could have a decent second weekend um but i don't you know it's not, I don't think it's gonna come up to even half of what it made I think it'll do like seven maybe eight yeah um what do you think Battle LA is going to do? I'll
0: say uh, I'll say nine million for Battle LA. Cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, we'll we'll see. I mean, we could be proven wrong on Sucker Punch, but yeah. here are, here are the things that are at least factoring into my decision making. No movie with a female action star as the lead has ever been mega mega successful, with the exception of Resident Evil, but they still don't have huge opening weekends and uh, Tomb Raider, which are both video game movies. Mm. Um, with a female action lead. And this one spread out among five leads. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean yeah. there's a true lead that is Emily Browning, but right. you know th- th- they're not marketing it that way. So like I think it's a confusing movie and who is it targeted to? You'd think it was targeted at dudes, but like dudes don't traditionally go see movies about female action heroes. Right. So, we'll see. I think it's got some some hurdles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And we'll see what it does. For Zack uh, Snyder's career, you know, if it it has a weak opening, what does that mean? I mean, he is tapped to do Superman,
1: you know? I think he's still fine on Superman. I don't think that, like, even a weak opening is going to affect that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, possibly what happens is the studio keeps a little closer eye on what's going
0: on <laughs> Chris Nolan keeps a closer eye on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. alright guys that's gonna do it for us um, as always you can uh, send us email at keepingitreal at ign.com or leave us some comments in the article if you're, if you're, see, if you're listening to us on IGN uh, if you're at iTunes feel free to rate us there and help us move up in the rankings uh, otherwise we will come back at you next week and uh, we'll see uh, if we were right about Sucker Punch yeah or
1: tweet tweet at myself Chris Carl uh Carl spelled C A R L E and uh tell me what tell me what you think
0: All right guys take care